Welcome back to another episode of CMF Spotlight. I'm your host, Zach Lovelace. On today's episode of CMF Spotlight, we talked to Emery's own Audrey Easton. This year was Audrey's first year with CMF, and she made three films, all of which screened in the top 16. Together, we discussed what it's like to make art at a school that's more focused on academics and the importance of having a strong community. And with that, let's jump right in. Yeah, I think uh, I did. Yeah. Hopefully. As far as 
Emery is concerned and the lack of a, a, a like obvious community for film, obvious community for the arts. How did you make three films? <laughs> I didn't sleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you were the captain of all of them, right? Yes. Like you didn't give up like control on any of them. It was right. Audrey, Audrey, Audrey. So one of them was required for my um, my narrative fiction filmmaking class. Okay. Um, that was one in five. And I kind of like spearheaded that because it's people tend to be like procrastinating and disorganized and stuff like that. So I was like, hey, I'll write it. What do you guys think of this idea? Um, and I directed that one, but I did not edit that one. I think if I had to edit okay. three of them, I would have not <laughs> finished. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, because that's where most of the time is. Yeah. You're just sitting there sifting through footage. So. Yes, yes. That's definitely. cool. Uh, as far as, well, just tell me about each of them. Okay. Um, so the one that I probably put the most effort into was Butchered. Um, so it was, uh, it was like, yeah, it was my horror film. I wanted it to be kind of gory and, uh, I don't know, weird. <laughs> yeah. um, I had access to this warehouse through a group of, like, a local production company I'm working with, and I was like, perfect place to make a horror. Sweet. So I kind of wrote the script based off of the location and the five minutes and, you know, how do you tell a story in five minutes type yeah. thing. Um, so I wanted a little, bit of, a little bit of shock value, but also a cohesive storyline. Um, the other one, the documentary... I was inspired by the Elfin Works category, and I was like, what do I know that might fit that? Um, sure. And I uh, knew my friend Waylon, he's a musician, or yeah. she, she's a musician. She, When I knew her, she had not yet transitioned. Okay. Um, so I kind of messaged her out of the blue. I hadn't spoken to her in yeah. like two years, but I'd seen some of her stuff on Facebook, and she was very excited to participate. So awesome. that was really great experience. I was shooting for maybe six hours on a Saturday yeah, night. Yeah, exactly. It was fun. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, so that was pretty exciting. Decision fatigue? Because that's totally a thing. Um, 
Yeah, I think so. I, I was I finished up like picture editing on Butchered, and then I moved into I wanted to cut Waylon. Period. Like just cut the sure. whole thing because it doesn't have like any sort of sound effects or like yeah. coloring or anything super difficult Draw. with the documentary. Yeah. yeah. And um, so I think through Waylon, I had six straight hours of footage that I was trying to sort of sift wow. through, and I I remembered like I wrote down notes about like okay like around hour two we were talking about something interesting. This, but that was probably biggest in decision fatigue there because I just got a wealth of like of awesome moments from her yeah. and her friends, and I really wanted to incorporate more of like her actually discussing with her friends sure. things that was a lot more natural. But I felt like it was more important to get her sort of more thought about, put together responses in. So I did get decision fatigue there about sort of wh- whether sure. to use the the interview portion or find something that meant similar things in the conversation portion. Exactly. But time-wise, she said it a lot more concisely in the interview portion, yeah. so I had to, I ended up pretty much recutting the whole thing when I realized it was going to be eight minutes to say the same thing that oh she man. said in five in the in the interview portion, so. Well, did you keep any of the footage? I, mean, it's I have all hours. of it. Great, yes. great. So um, you can always. I've sent her most of it, too, because she wanted to, That's I great. have actually hours of her playing the guitar with her. Great, friend. yeah, great song. Uh, she wants to make a music video from that, so that's oh, pretty that's exciting. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. So that's a, a big thing about, I think, CMF is that most people don't realize that your film doesn't have to end yeah. when you turn it in. Obviously, if you keep it, a lot of people rely on our equipment, so a lot of it goes with us, which is unfortunate. Yeah. But it's like, you know, if you have the you know, peace of mind, you can always grab it. Yeah. Save it for another day. Definitely. Which is, you know, super important. Each of your films. Tell me about Butchered. So I, um, I have... I have, a, like, one of my final films last May, um, I had a kidnapping scene in it. Okay. Um, that was kind of similar to what I did for Butchered, and I really thought, okay, I've done this before, I have a general idea of how to cut these things together, yeah. so it should save some time. So I knew I wanted a kidnapping scene, I knew I wanted to use the warehouse, and I knew I wanted an ending that wasn't going to be a cheesy horror ending, because I think we all know usually the worst part of any horror film is the ending. So I wanted to do yeah. something that would be memorable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was, and so I wrote the script around those three ideas. Um, I talked to my actor Parker, who graduated from Emory last year, um, about whether he was comfortable with X things or Y things and sure. stuff like that. And then I kind of wrote it. Mo- I mostly wrote the script because I wanted to give it to him. But I had this idea yeah. that I wanted kidnapping, uh, weird, creepy warehouse moment, and then escape. Yeah. And then you know the ending. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, spoiler alert. So uh, yeah, spoiler alert that that it was break the fourth wall type thing, yeah. but not really because no one actually looks in that camera, so it was like... That's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a break the fourth wall. So, sort of. So, um, that's kind of what I went for, and I had like, I thought that those three, three and a half, four beats would be plenty to fill up five minutes and, yeah. and sort of have some sort of arc. Sure. Um, and so you got the, like, best actor from Terminus. His name's DZ Sun. That's right. Yeah. Okay, cool. He is marvelous. So the production company that has the warehouse is actually that 444 film group okay. that I met at Terminus last summer, and oh, now okay. I'm their lead writer for their production company. That's awesome. So that's why I have access to all of those like yeah. awesome stunt guys. Wow. Um, but that was kind of stressful, too, because DZ wasn't supposed to be in it. It was supposed to be another um, guy that works for them and his son. Okay. And he was supposed to play the butcher, and the son was supposed to play like the creepy guy eating the squirrel on the yeah. floor moment, and I wanted like kids running around, and it would be really creepy. But they called me like an hour before they were supposed to be there and didn't show. Oh my gosh. So I was calling around trying to find someone who looked intimidating to play the butcher. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, luckily he called me back. So. Hey, you look intimidating. Yeah. Be here. <laughs> you can do this. Come, please. Sure, why not? He was like, yeah, sure, I'll be in anything. Oh, the best actor. Why not? Yeah. No. So as far as your role with the 
stay so productive? I mean, lack of sleep was certainly one of them. Yes. Just staying awake. Definitely. Um, I think that planning was a big part. So I think about two, three weeks out, I was, I had these three separate ideas. Well, two really, until about a week out. And I knew that if I wanted to successfully do it, I had to have everyone ready, knowing when they were going to need to be where, yeah. making sure they were going to be on time. So um, I think I wrote the butchered scripts like probably about two, maybe a little more before, two weeks before. Okay. Um, Waylon, I was mostly just in contact with her and uh, making sure that we had a set date that I could show up and then hear her story. Yeah. And then for um, one in five, the week before, I we had like three planning meetings and one acting meeting to make sure that everyone kind of like agreed with the script, felt like it was, you know, uh, good for the, not too graphic, good for the sure. submission, all those sorts of things, uh, believable. Um, and then figuring out what role everyone in this film class was going to play, where we mostly want to all be yeah. directors. And exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was that was interesting. But I think I, I had like a set plan that I was shooting this day, shooting that day, shooting this shooting one and five this day, shooting okay. Waylon this day, and then the last, like, two and a half days, I was editing straight. <laughs> yeah. With this little bit of sleep here and there. And you grabbed an assistant editor? Yeah, so for one and five, um, she couldn't show up the day we were shooting, so she was like, I'll just okay. edit the thing. So gotcha. That was awesome. <laughs> That's cool. That is, yeah. yeah. So but I showed up uh, morning of the day we had to turn in. I don't remember which days of the week it is at this point, but <laughs> I showed up the morning of, and I did a final edit on that, like, just okay. up a couple little things. And Sweet. Took me, like, So, as far as, uh, like, staying productive, was there any certain system that you had for being organized, like, very specifically speaking? Um, not really. So, I tend to be very disorganized editor, like, okay. very disorganized editor, and I think I don't, like, I, I love Premiere, but I think I don't necessarily have, like, the workflow yet, because I tend to, like, watch my films outside, of, like, the clips outside of Premiere, and then pull them yeah. <laughs> at a time, which I know is not the fastest way, but at that point, I didn't have time to, like, relearn yeah. it.
exactly. <laughs> well, at least we're here. If it sucks, I mean, whatever. No, yeah. and I love it. I've been using it since last night, so. Sweet. I think, cool. I think it's really good. So, what did you find most difficult on set? Mm, which set? <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So, most difficult. So, on Butchered, um, Okay. Uh, he wow. gave a premiere talk, and which was great. But then he also gave this other talk. 
Okay. Okay. Just immediately. Also, for like a double check, is like, is this stupid? Sure. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Nothing like riding blind on an idea. Yeah. Like, this is great. And then somebody hears right. it, like, that's dog shit. And yes. Like, that's definitely happening. <laughs> Thanks, man. I, you know, I usually have to sleep in on it. Sleep on an idea. Yeah. Before I'm like, I'll wake up the next day and be like, Whoa, that was awful. I'm so <laughs> glad I didn't go forward with that. Like, oh gosh. Uh, whereas, you know, if, if I, I'll, you know, I'll, obviously my wife has to deal with my shitty ideas too. Oh, yeah. Psychology like was an idea. Right. It's just like, that's, what? No. So anyway, having a good community of people I think is important for yeah. like the checks and balances. Definitely. Uh, as far as ideas are concerned, because I've read that on plenty of writing blogs where it's like, you know, tell your friends your idea, your log line or whatever. Yeah. If they respond, you know, in a, in a really exciting way, then it's something you should go forward mm-hmm. with. If they don't, then it sucks. My but. boyfriend's like a computer guy. He does like okay. software engineering, and he's, you know, not, not the most artistic, creative guy. So if he thinks the idea is cool, I know it's gonna like. That's it's true. Gonna touch people. That's very so true. That's yeah, you can't you can't go asking things. your mom. Yeah. You know, <laughs> she's gonna say yes to everything. <laughs> she does. Uh, whereas you know you have to have people who are outside of the film industry, and I think yeah. that's that's actually really wise because uh, I've got plenty of film friends that would probably just drool over some like abstract like exactly. visual idea. Yeah. yeah. something that makes sense. Uh, yep. Sorry. Okay. Marketable is exactly. somewhat you should, important. You should temper it you yes. know, with the idea that you are going to have an audience. Yeah, unless uh, you're making all the money and you're fine with like having something that's not going to sell. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I feel like Paul Thomas Anderson kind of lives in that world where mm-hmm. it's like he can just make things that are, are amazing, but sometimes it's just like, what are you going for? Yeah. Who are you talking point. to? <laughs> yeah. What was the point? And for all you listeners, be sure to buy your badges for Terminus now. The conference and festival is June 22nd through the 25th. We're going to screen the best CMF films of the year, give out national awards, have a bunch of parties, game tournaments, and workshops. So come on out and celebrate. And thank you for listening. If you have any questions for us, feel free to email us at podcast at campusmoviefest.com. See you next time.